Strategic Living with Brian Holmes, episode number two. Welcome, everyone, today to the program. This is the Strategic Living Podcast with me, your host. My name is Brian Holmes, and it's a wonderful delight to have you with us again on the program. It's exciting to be coming into your home, into your automobile, visiting with you once a week, and sharing with you principles that will change your life. This podcast is all about transforming minds, developing leaders, changing nations, activating destinies, and it's our desire to see you healed, your mind renewed and transformed, and for you to discover all that you can be in this world. Great to have you with us today. Welcome. Welcome. Well, on this episode, I'm going to be talking about the soul of man, the soul of man. You see, I'm a very strong believer that as the soul goes, so goes one's life. As that arena that we call the soul, as it prospers and as it's healthy and strong and in proper working order, all the other pieces of life tend to fall into place and work right. You say, well, Brian, I've never heard of this soul thing. What does that mean? I've heard of soul music. I've heard of soul food. What are you talking about, man? What is the soul of man? Well, that's what I hope to communicate with you today and share with you the things that I have discovered over the last number of years and the things that we are teaching others to to really hone in on because it really is the soul of man that governs your life. So let's just jump right in and begin to talk about a few of these principles. I want to just say right up front today that I am a Christian and I hold a very strong biblical worldview. At the same time, I also have am very well traveled and have been exposed to a number of teachings from a lot of wonderful people around the world. So I'm not going to apologize for the basis from which I'm bringing some of these principles to you. However, I do want to tell you up front that if you are not a Christian, if you don't necessarily consider yourself a believer, I would like to encourage you, don't turn the podcast off. I'm not going to try to convince you or convert you. I simply want to share principles that, in my mind, are universal. And frankly, they are biblically based, yes, but they are across-the-board principles that have worked for men and women all over the world for generations, for hundreds of years. So just open your heart, open your mind, and let's just jump right in. I will just start by saying that if you are a subscriber, as I am, to the account of creation we find in Genesis chapter number 1, you know that around verse 25, 26, God says, let us make man in our image and in our likeness. That's an interesting verse of scripture in the way that that is framed because all the preceding verses in the creation account, you would see God speaking into nothing and calling something out of it. God said, let there be light. Well, at that moment, there was no light. But in the moment that he said, let there be light, there was light. And he would speak to the oblivion. He would speak to darkness. He would speak to emptiness. And out of that, whatever he spoke would emerge and would have been created by his word. But yet in Genesis chapter 1, verse 25, 26, 27 through there, he approaches creating man in an entirely different way. He doesn't speak into nothing. 
he actually speaks into himself. He said, let us make man in our image. Let us make an entity that's just like us, that has the same characteristics, the same abilities, the same creativity, the same life. And so instead of speaking into emptiness, God spoke into the fullness of his own nature and out of that spirit, that spirit that is God, out of that spirit came another spirit being that is mankind. Well, we know that God is, at the very least, he is tripartite. That's a fancy word. What does that mean? Well, that means that he is one God, but yet he is multifarious. He is multifaceted. There's there's more than one aspect to this amazing God that we, many of us, acknowledge and have given our hearts and lives to. We know that he manifests himself as Father, as Son, as Holy Spirit. So he is three, yet he is one. So it's interesting when you look at man to know that we are created after the same pattern. And I could spend a number of minutes here sharing with you the the principle of three that is found in all of life, the sun, the moon, the stars. You see all these different aspects of life, the circle of life. Yet, we're talking today about God, his image, his likeness, the pattern that he created us after. And so God is Father, Son, Holy Spirit, and we are, watch this now, spirit, we are soul, and we are body. We are spirit, we are soul, and we are body. And I'm a person who believes very strongly that God intends for us to live our lives whole, that's W-H-O-L-E, in a way that is full, that, that in each of those areas, physically, emotionally, spiritually, all those pieces are working together. It's like having an eight-cylinder car, and if you've got two or three cylinders that are fouled out and, and missing and, and there are leaks and various things going on, you can have an engine that's working at 75%, but that car, that vehicle is not performing to its potential because some part of it is not whole, it's not complete, it's not in working order. And I would like to draw that analogy. Hey, I'm an, I'm an aircraft pilot. I love flying. I've been flying for over 20 years. I hold a commercial certificate in my flying. And I will tell you that uh, if you have two engines on an airplane, or even yet if you have one engine on an airplane and you begin to lose power, that plane might have the capacity to fly at 350 knots or 400 miles an hour. But if, if some part of that mechanism is not working properly, then you begin to lose power, lose capacity to, pro, to perform. And so, yes, maybe the plane hopefully stays airborne, but it might not be performing at the level that it was designed to perform at. So this is the basis from which we're going to deal with this idea around the soul. Now, I want to pull another scripture out. 1 Thessalonians 5, verse 23 says this, Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you entirely, completely, your entire being. And then he goes on to say, And may your spirit and soul and body be preserved complete without blame at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. So we, we see here that, that God's design is that our entire being, spirit, soul, and body, 
be preserved and kept in a whole state so that we might perform up to the potential, up to the capacity, up to the the design of the manufacturer. That's the one that created us. So let's talk about this tripartite being. Well, the spirit of man is that part of us that is actually a part of God. It's, It's the compatible place between us and God. It's the spirit of God in us. The soul of man which we're going to talk a lot more about here in a few moments. But this is where the will of man, the emotions, the thoughts, the beliefs, it's where the mind operates. It's where all of our memories are held from past events and traumas, which we talked about in last week's episode when I share with you some of my story. When you have a memory, maybe it's rejection or abandonment or someone hurt you or or that husband you were married to uh, was unfaithful to you. Those memories are seated in this arena called the soul. it's, It's beliefs held in our mind. These are where wounds are held. And so this is a very important part of of mankind. So you have the spirit, which is a a leading, governing place, but you have the soul, which is also a leading and governing place. Then you have the physical body. That's health. That's wellness. That has to do with man's appetites and cravings and lusts and things of that nature. It also is the place physically in the earth where we act out the purposes that are in our hearts. It is that which manifests, really, and shows itself in the natural realm. So we we have these three places here that make up the whole man. Now, I want to submit to you right up front that if the soul is not whole, it's not complete, if there's something broken down in the emotions, the will, the mind, the memories, the beliefs, if there's woundedness there, if there's things that have not been reconciled or resolved in that place, and we're still carrying those things, it is my supposition that whatever we are purposing in our hearts to do, we're going to face some difficult places because it is out of that soul where we're able to perform either at an optimum level or at a not-so-optimum level. So when these things are left undiscovered or unaddressed or broken, then we are vastly limiting our ability to, to move in the direction of our created potential. Now, Talk about what is the soul. Our soul is that part of us that contains the will, the emotions, the memories, our core or root beliefs. Our, it, it's the place that, that all of our thought life takes place. It's where all those things are being constantly regenerated. It's the place where, again, memories are kept. And listen, that's good memories and bad memories. Pleasant times, difficult times. It's the place where wounds, hurts, disappointments, successes, Failures, all those things, fears, all those things are contained there. So these, in turn, control the course of our mind, and they produce corresponding actions, decisions, attitudes, and certainly govern our presuppositions about how we view life. So what I carry and what I allow to be uh, working constantly in my soulish arena governs my thoughts, my actions, my decisions. You know, just the other day, uh, I was talking to my wife, and we, 
you know, we God's been really good to us, and we we consider ourselves fortunate and blessed. And there's been a lot of wonderful things that that we've experienced in our life. But from a financial standpoint, at at the age of 46, which I am presently, there are things that I want to see happening in our finances that have not yet happened. But yet, I know that in order to to really pursue those, it, it involves good decision making. It involves good investments. It involves uh, taking risks. It involves hard work. All these things are involved. And just uh, not too long ago, we were introduced to an opportunity, and a legitimate, very legitimate investment opportunity that, you know, could have some fairly good upside potential. Now, let me go back about 15 years and tell you that in our early married life, we had another quote-unquote opportunity that came our way. We did not seek counsel. We did not look carefully into it like we should have, and we didn't really know the person that well that was uh, presenting this opportunity to us, but it sounded good. You know how those deals work. And we we jumped in with both feet. We invited other people to join with us in this investment. And the long, you, you know where this story is going. The long and the short of it is we were all scammed. Uh, there were literally tens of thousands of dollars that were lost by various families. It was just a very, very tough learning process for us. So now we're in a completely different season of our life. We are in a great place. We We've certainly learned a whole lot, I hope, by now. And here we are faced with another opportunity to, and I really believe in my heart, to do something that would significantly change the landscape of our financial future. And so my wife and I are carrying on this conversation, and I'm a firm believer that you cannot move forward if your eyes are always pointed behind you. There's nothing behind you but your rear end, and I'm telling you, it, it just ain't that pretty. And I am sitting here talking to my wife, and she shared with me from her heart. She goes, you know, Brian, I'm just, I, I got to be honest with you and be accountable. I, this thing scares me out of my mind, not because of the person who brought it to our attention, not because of the due diligence we've done, not because it doesn't look right or feel right. But all I can think about, she said, is what happened. And she named this other person, this other scenario. And I said to her, I said, now, babe, you are digging into your soul where there is an unresolved issue. You have unforgiveness toward that person still. You have bitterness in your heart. You have a, a sting of hurt and disappointment and loss and things that you, you just got angry about it, but you never really dealt with it. And so now here we are at a completely different place in our life. And you are allowing that event 15, 17 years ago to now govern and greatly impact our decision-making process in our present-day situation. You see how that works? Our, our reference points, if not made whole, can absolutely keep us from moving into a great opportunity, a great moment, a great place. God may open a very wide, and as the scripture says, effectual door for us to walk through, and we hesitate because we are referencing something in our past that is in that soulish arena that we have not really reconciled or dealt with. That is how the soul works. What I continue to allow to be unresolved in that area of my heart affects my current day actions and decisions. Look at it like this. The soul is like the womb. The seed is the opportunity or the life of something. The seed is introduced to the soul. The soul begins to process that based on my governing beliefs, my core beliefs, my suppositions, my ideas, my opinions, my my fears, all these things. And so by the time that perfect opportunity, that great seed that God sends my way, 
is processed through this soul that maybe is sick and, and not doing so well, then I either abort or kill or certainly uh, cause that seed to become imperfect. And then when that thing does manifest in my life, when it really comes to fruition, it doesn't look like the seed intended it to look. Do you understand what I'm saying? So my life will look like the contents contents and the context of those things in my heart and in my soul that are unresolved. So let's look at a few things that that shape the mind and the heart, or if you will, the soul of man. So as, as I kind of go through a list here, I, I want to ask that you consider something. Our soul, that soulish arena, that compartment of the whole man, contains all the information received by my senses and all the information that was received by feeling or perceiving. And that goes all the way back to our, our infancy, maybe even before. Some scientists believe strongly that a, a human being can actually develop emotions and feelings and have memories even in the womb. Now, what I experience, whether it is real or perceived, my soul and my mind considers it real, and it's retained then on the hard drive of my mind. In other words, it's, it's affixed, it's imprinted on this data-keeping mechanism, and it affects the short and long-term health of this thing called my heart or my soul. Now, my experiences are real. I shared with you in a previous episode about some of my story and what happened to me at 11 years old. That was a very real thing. Now, I'm 11 years old, so I only have a certain capacity from which to process what happened. So therefore, what I lack in in capacity to process, my developed perceptions cause those things to be formed, and those experiences then form my thoughts, which the thoughts form my beliefs. My beliefs then form my patterns of behavior, which these lead to habits and addictions, These patterns of behavior produce and ultimately determine the quality and the fruit of my life. So here's the thing. Now, this is not being judgmental. This is just science. This is human behavioral studies here. When you look at the fruit of someone's life, we can criticize their behavior, their attitudes. We can criticize the the way they uh, have chosen to live their life, their lifestyle. We can do all those things, but I want to to back into this. The fruit of a person's life is nothing more and nothing less than the end result or the evidence of their behaviors. Their behaviors are evidence of their beliefs. Their beliefs are evidence of their thoughts that have been just regurgitated over and over again. Their thoughts are, are formed out of their experiences and their perceptions. So you see how this works. So the result in your life today, that which you are presently producing in your life, the fruit of your life, is nothing more and nothing less, if you whittle it all the way down, than the end result of a seed which is somewhere in that hard drive, in your mind, in your heart, in your beliefs. And so we have to begin to go all the way back and figure out how can I deal with these things and and unwrap those and reconcile Get these things resolved once and for all in my heart. Now, it's good. It's easy to resolve something in your head. 
and say, yes, I forgive that person. It's another thing to have your heart healed of that thing and truly release someone. So I'm just giving you some examples here as we go along. But understand this, the quality of my life, or the quality rather of the fruit in my life, affirms what I already believe, whether it's good or bad. If good things are happening in my life, it's because I have come to have a faith level, a belief level about something that has produced that fruit. If there are things happening in my life perpetually and and seasonally or habitually or whatever the case may be that are not producing good, good uh, fruit in my life, that is the result of something that I am holding to in my heart as a belief, as a hurt, as a wound, as an unreconciled or unresolved issue, and that is producing fruit. You see, here's the thing. A seed always produces its fruit, always. A good seed, good fruit. A bad seed, bad fruit. So here's the thing. When I see bad things happening in my life, when, I, when I'm looking at bad fruit, things that I don't like in my life, that bad fruit is, is affirming a bad belief because if I, if I really look at that and say, man, I, just, I guess I just am never going to be financially prosperous. I guess I'm always going to be broke and struggle with my money because look at my life. Well, as you affirm those things, what happens is it just starts the pattern all over again. It just, it just causes you to concretize and, and build on an already erroneous and limiting and destructive belief. These are all things that the soul has to deal with. So how, how do these things begin? What are some of the origins of soul problems, soul challenges? Well, I'm going to just rattle through a list of things here that I've just kind of been studying over the years. Uh, we've already mentioned just briefly prenatal memories. I've actually counseled individuals who have memories of things that happened when they were in the womb, like car accidents or where their mother might have been, you know, eight or nine months pregnant and had something very traumatic or, or, or created a tremendous panic attack or fear, and that child remembers something about that. Can't tell you what, the, what happened, but feels the emotion of it. Early childhood trauma, childhood memories, you know, parents leaving, parents divorcing, rape, molestation, premature sexual exposure or experience, even observed or perceived behaviors, even observed or perceived truths, learning deficiencies, self-esteem formation. Here's some. How about this? How about absentee fathers, absentee mothers? All these things play a factor in the way that our heart is developed or underdeveloped. A deficient father, a deficient mother relationship, maybe, maybe a domineering mother, Unhealthy parental philosophies or indoctrinations, the absence of parental involvement, the absence of parental influence or mentoring. Uh, How about the absence or deficient models for healthy relationships, cultural environments, social environments, abandonment, rejection, the absence of affirmation or praise. This is a big one. This happens, oh my gosh. I'm telling you, I, I work with men quite a bit and I... Most, if I were to to poll fifty men, I guarantee you forty five of them cannot really remember their father ever really affirming them or praising them. It's a really big issue. Those things shape how one sees himself or herself. Overt criticism, hurtful words, personal failures, personal mistakes, embarrassment or shame. Well, that was a big one with me. What happened to me as a child was not my fault. I did not ask for this. I did not 
open myself up to it. It it happened to me. Yet it it created so much shame, so much guilt, so much embarrassment internally that it, it affected the way I saw myself. Therefore, it affected the way I behaved. Here's a big one. How about a faulty image of God as father? You see, if you've got a, a horrible relationship with a natural father, you, you're going to have a really difficult time receiving the love of a heavenly father. Religious legalism. Listen, I grew up in a very legalistic very, very legalistic denomination. And thankfully, I was exposed to some wonderful things as I got a little bit older. And And I, I have no criticism for those folks. I love them. I'm, I'm very appreciative of my heritage. Uh, but I tell you what, those kinds of environments can be very damaging to a person's development processes. Uh, religious teaching, and I say that in this context, uh, not everything that's taught over a pulpit is true. And not every interpretation of Scripture is correct. And that's not to say that any one of us could not miss something because we are human beings and, and there are some things that we'll never understand fully. But I tell you what, uh, many things in man-made religion have, have been shaped and they have been falsified, and not necessarily with malice or intent, but just out of misunderstanding. And those things have been propagated and those teachings have really impacted people. And I there are certain uh, denominations or religious groupings that teach firmly against prosperity and they teach against, you know, technology and they teach against, uh, you know, just anything that has anything to do with progress. And those things just simply cannot be grounded in, in a rightful way. So we have to really look at how, what am I carrying, again, in my soulish arena that may be limiting me from becoming what it is that God has called me to be. Authority abuse, manipulation and control. Man, this list could go on for days. You see, all these things and so many others that we could continue listing out here for probably hours, these things shape, watch, our emotions, our feelings, our beliefs, our overall philosophy of life, our process orientation, that is how we approach life and decisions and actions and and moving from place to place and level to level in our life. It affects how we see life. It affects how we see ourselves. Ladies and gentlemen, These, all these things we've experienced and observed in our lifetime affect how we see other people, how we relate to one another, how we walk into a relationship, how we guard ourselves in relationships, how we handle conflict is just very much shaped and governed by the, the experiences and the beliefs that we hold. Again, all of this are matters of the soul. These things govern our lives. They limit our performance. They steer our relationships. They control our day-to-day emotional state. They shape our worldview. Now, I'm going to stop right here and, and deviate for just a moment to say this. What if God had some, and he does, by the way, what if God had this amazing plan for your life? this awesome thing that you were going to be involved in, be engaged in, maybe an invention or a business opportunity or a speaking career or teaching in a school and impacting kids' lives or whatever whatever the dream might be. Just, just, man, let your mind go. What if that was God's absolute intention for your life and yet when he showed you that just in a quick snapshot, 
that truth, that, that absolute, that is God's will and his plan, his destiny for your life. Man, in the moment that you perceive this might be possible for me, that truth begins to argue with all of the things that you quote unquote know to be true in that soulish arena. And now it starts dumbing down and it starts smalling up, I call it, smalling up the potential, smalling up your ability to see yourself achieving, your ability to see yourself accomplishing, your ability to even see your own personal worth and value, not only to yourself, but to those that are close to you, your loved ones, to those that you've not even met yet that need to know you because you have something to offer mankind. Ladies and gentlemen, you have no idea how important you really are. You have no idea the power, the resource, the blessing that you are designed to share with someone. And here's the thing. Everyone in the world that I am destined to impact, they're waiting on me to show up and to be that man, to be that woman, to be that person, to be that leader, to be that answer. And so it is imperative that I believe about me what God knows to be true about me. It is imperative that if there are broken places in my soul that I pursue getting those things resolved and reconciled and healed so that I can now go forward and continue my process of becoming, continue my process of development, continue my process of being sharpened and, and growing and acquiring new skills and talents, abilities and, and knowledge and all those things, so that I can contribute in this life to others what I was designed to do. The soul of man the will, the mind, the emotions, the memories, the hurts, the observations, the wounds, the the pain, the guilt, the shame. But it's not just that stuff. There's a lot of good stuff in there too. But I'm telling you, it's amazing how all of the heavy stuff that's not resolved overshadows that good stuff that's there. Here's a principle that I know you've heard maybe in your lifetime. Many of us have heard this hundreds of times, if not thousands. It's a tremendous proverb. It says, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. Think about that. As your heart thinks about you, what you believe to be true, based on all those factors that we talked about that can happen in people's lives, all those things have shaped your heart. All those things have impacted your soul. All those things have have caused you to view life through a certain set of lenses. As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. I, I submit to you today that where you are in your life right now, is a direct reflection of what you believe to be true about yourself. That's right. That's not criticism. 
That is a, a heart that longs to see you bust free, simply reaching out and sharing with you an idea that, you know what? We can blame our external circumstances all day long. We can point fingers at the person who did us wrong. And trust me when I tell you, I've done this. I mean, I had someone who violated me on a level that is, is unbelievable. But you know what? I will never be able to change that person. But I have a God who is more than willing to help me to reconcile and heal all the junk in my past, all the stuff that otherwise would cause me to not be able to really become that man that, frankly, my Heavenly Father knows me to be. Here's another scripture for you. In 3 John verse 2, the writer says this, Beloved, I pray that in every area of your life you would prosper and be in good health even as your soul prospers. You hear that? I want you to, to be crazy prosperous, totally healthy, awesomely successful in every area of your life. Oh, and by the way, all of that can happen for you to the proportion that your soul is healthy and prosperous. There it is. Even as your soul prospers. You see, it's impossible to erase what's happened to you. You, you can't. You cannot erase the what's that have happened. It is impossible to eradicate or erase the who's that have done it to you. <laughs> it is not, however, impossible to have the what's healed and the effects of the who's severed and disconnected. That's right. You can't change the past, but you can have the past and its effects healed, and you can be released and free from having to live in that past. Our journey, each of our journeys, is our own personal journey. We only arrive at a lesser destination if we stop traveling before we get there, wherever there is. You see, I personally believe that there's no such place as there. I believe tomorrow I will arrive at a different there than I hopefully was at today. But you know what? It's a journey. The next day, guess what? I'm going to get up and there's more forward for me to experience. That's right. And many of us have experienced some really difficult things. I mean, whether it's business failures, marriage failures, infidelities, personal failures, hurts, childhood things, whatever. Man, you know, I don't need to qualify all of that. The fact is, I haven't met a person yet who hasn't dealt with something in their life. But here's what I know. The progress and productivity of our lives will continue to be less than what our potential is if we don't deal with those things. The soul, you see, the soul is the key to success. The soul is the key to prosperity. The soul is the key that governs all these other pieces of life. And I would like to say to you today, the soul can be healed. How do I know this? Mine has been. And out of my own experience that I shared with you last week and, 
and the journey that God took me and my wife on, I can tell you that we have had the great privilege over the last 13 years of, of helping so many others, hundreds and hundreds of others experience that same process, that same healing. So here's some questions for you to consider today. I want you to ask you to take a few minutes when you turn this podcast off to do some honest reflection concerning your life. Are you where you want to be? Do you feel like that right now you're living at your maximum potential? Do you feel as though that everything that God has for you, you're already experiencing it? I, I sincerely doubt it. And I want you to ask this question. Is there some place in my life that I can put my finger on, maybe one place, maybe two, maybe ten, but is there some place in my life that if I, if I stop and think about it for a moment, that pain, that sting, that, that disappointment just comes right back. That emotion is present right now. The answer to that question is yes. That tells me there's some areas in your soul that needs to be reconciled, needs to be healed, needs to be fixed. Maybe some of the areas that I've mentioned in this lesson apply to you. Maybe some of those factors, those events, those circumstances. Maybe, the, maybe one of those rung a bell to you. And if so, I want to challenge you today. Make a decision. You are not going to continue to allow those things to govern your life. You're going to bring those things into the light You're going to find someone who can help you to reconcile and deal with those things. And if so inclined, and I would encourage this, you're going to give those things to a heavenly father that never asked you to carry them. Man, I feel good about this. Take some time and do some introspection and just listen. And I believe you'll hear some things. I hope this has been a blessing to you. Next week, I'm going to be talking about how to discover your one thing. You see, people spend their entire lives doing all kinds of things, living to impress, to please other people, living to gain affirmation or gain approval, striving to make a living, But I tell you what, there's just not a whole lot of people that really ever find their lane where true happiness and fulfillment really is. You know, what what if you could zero in? What if you could zero in on your one thing, your true God-given destiny? What would that look like? Would that just be awesome? What, What is it that you were designed for? You know, if you were to take time to inventory your life, look at your passions, your dreams, your talents, your skills, your abilities, even just those simple desires. Those things are all indicators that point to something. And I like to call this your one thing. So I encourage you sometime this week before uh, we get into recording that episode, go on our website, brianholmes.com, and leave us a question there concerning how to discover your one thing. I cannot wait for you to be a part of that particular show. Well, I have a couple of announcements to make. I hope this has been a blessing to you today, man. It's been fun. 
just kind of poured our hearts out there, and I feel really good about what we've shared together today. A couple of quick announcements for you here, and that is that we are going to be traveling to Romania in the month of September. I've been doing this particular trip and this particular initiative for probably almost 10 years now. I believe this might be my fifth or sixth time to travel to Eastern Europe. I've been all over Eastern Europe, Romania, Bulgaria, Germany, Austria. Uh, It's just been a phenomenal experience working with frontline leaders that are really intent on seeing their nation change. Now, this this is a group of believers, Christian believers that we work with, but I'll tell you what I've got going on. Romania has only been a free nation that is free from communism for about 22, 23 years. And man, working out those beliefs and working out that stuff out of people's minds and hearts is a challenge. But there is a generation of young leaders that are coming up right now that we have an opportunity to influence in a very powerful, powerful way. And I I would like for you to go to my website, brianholmes.com. On the front page, you'll see a post uh, right there, kind of front and center. You'll also see uh, down on the right sidebar a little icon that says Romania Initiative there. Click on that and read about the, the program, read about what we're trying to accomplish. Here's the thing. I need your help. We actually have to pay for all of these leaders to come to this event. By that, I mean they don't have the funds, the ability financially to do this. So we actually provide the funding for these pastors and leaders to come from whatever region of the country they live in to a particular venue. We provide them housing, transportation, all their meals, all their materials, books, etc. We do all of that for them. And it costs us, that is Brian Holmes, about $150 per leader to sponsor them. That covers all the cost for one leader for a four-day intensive training. I literally spend six, eight, sometimes 10 hours a day pouring into leaders. If I'm not doing a group session, I'm meeting guys one-on-one, just pouring into them. And we will have between 100 and 150 of these great leaders gathered together in a town called Timishara. And I'm looking forward to this, and I need your help. Go to the website today, brianholmes.com, and check that out. And please help us to, to impact a nation by impacting a leader. I believe with all my heart it's a great investment that, that you could make to help us. Also, if you'd like to have me speak at your church, at your conference, maybe a leadership event or some other venue that you believe we might be of some service to you, I would love to come alongside of your organization and add value where value is needed. Uh, visit our website, brianholmes.com forward slash speaking, and you can find more information there about having us come and be a part of what it is that you are doing in your world. Last thing I want to mention to you today is I'd like for you to consider something. I am all about training leaders, training people who help people. I want to help people help people. And so one of the things that we do is we certify professional coaches. That is a life coach. Um, Some people call themselves executive coaches, business coaches, uh, maybe uh, fitness coaches, health and wellness coaches. Uh, career coaches, whatever the case may be, but there is a designation, Certified Professional Coach, CPC, and we have been a master coach trainer now for some time, and we actually do a two-day intensive class that qualifies an individual to hold a CPC designation as a Certified Professional Coach. I have one of those trainings coming up on August the 12th and 13th, just in a couple of weeks here, 12th and 13th, 
on a Monday and Tuesday live in Dallas. On September 13 and 14, we have one on a Friday and Saturday also live in Dallas. Now, let me mention to you that we also offer this same training in a one-on-one setting online. It's live, but it's online. We do all this over gotomeeting.com, and we'd love to to have that opportunity as well. So if you can't travel to Dallas, there's another way for us to do that with you. So contact our offices, brianholmes.com slash become a certified professional coach, and we'd love to to help you to help others. Well, a couple of last-minute things here. How can you help us on this podcast? Well, first of all, I want to encourage you to subscribe to our updates today right there on the website, brianholmes.com, the right-hand side. Make sure you subscribe to our weekly update. You'll get a a weekly email that shows you our podcast, our blog post, our video blogs. All the things we're doing will be present for you there just to click on. And also, subscribe to this podcast via iTunes, all right, or whatever RSS feed you're using. Uh, Be sure to go in and subscribe to the Strategic Living Podcast with Brian Holmes. It's going to be a great blessing to you. But more importantly, I'm going to ask you to help me to spread the word Share this with your friends, with your associates, on Facebook, on Twitter, on LinkedIn. Uh, I, I said last week, Instagram, Mama Graham, Daddy Graham, everybody Graham. Whatever social media outlet you happen to be involved with, let's go ahead and put that out there. Uh, another one is Google Plus, of course, all these different ones. Help us to get the word out. Just simply share this link to this podcast and we believe with all of our heart it'll be a blessing to those that you share it with. Well, that's it for our our second episode of Strategic Living. I trust that something we've shared today has challenged you, has encouraged you, has, has drawn some hope uh, out of you, and I believe with all of my heart that God has great intentions for your life. I believe he wants you to be healed from your past, transformed in your mind and in your heart, and here's the thing. I want to see you activated and and fully engaged in your purpose, your destiny, and functioning at your maximum potential. So if you'd like to comment on this episode, just go to brianholmes.com, go to the show notes, episode 002, it's brianholmes.com forward slash 002, scroll down to the comment sections, and we would love to hear from you and engage with you in conversation there. Also, I would be so grateful if you would Uh, rate our podcast on iTunes that gives us great visibility and really helps us to get the word out so that people that have not heard about us can discover this podcast as well. Well, until next time, just want to say, be encouraged. Be encouraged. Know that you are made in His image. You are designed for a great purpose destined for greatness just so many wonderful things just right there ahead of you don't stop don't be disheartened or discouraged by all of the naysayers and all the people that are throwing out the bad news you have the capacity the ability to become all God's called you to be hey the world's waiting for the real you to show up and we know that you're going to God bless we'll see you back here next week.